0: Award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer, and outdoor expert novice Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to
1: this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We got a great show for you today—a fun show with Mr. Joey Monteleone. He's with us today. Going to talk fall fishing, fishing, hunting, all kinds of fun stuff. Glad to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And Mr. Don King is going to help co-host today Glad yes, to have you back Yes sir Don? It's so
0: great to have Joey in the house today and, You know, live and in person Yeah Yeah A lot of times we hear him on the radio WSCM I know, I know and, uh, early in the morning If yeah. you get up early enough You're going to hear him He and Bill Cody and and, uh, and uh, Charlie, Charlie yeah. You know, talking, talking outdoors every morning Yeah so,
1: during the Good, week, glad to have him in studio and oh, in person. This will be fun. Well, yep.
0: well.
2: They told me when I started I had the perfect face for radio, and I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I've got the voice, and there's no doubt about it.
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, we've been chatting before the show, and, and this is going to be a fun one. We've already laughed a lot here, and, and I'm, I hope y'all stay tuned and, and, and keep listening, keep watching. It's going to be fun. But I want to touch on fall fishing to get started now's the time I mean it's fun to fish right now right I mean it is
2: a spring is really when you get to 50 degrees I say that's magical 50 and rising or stable really works out well when you get to fall when it gets to 50, I mean, they know they've got to eat. The days get shorter. And if you can go on a moon phase, which I believe in, not everybody does, but a full or a new moon, it really makes a lot of difference. And they're eating everything that's moving. They're looking for something to eat. They they eat a lot of shad because they're the most prevalent food source, mm-hmm. but they love crawfish. I call it the red bull for bass. I mean, they, <laughs> for every five pounds of crawfish a bass eats, it gains a pound. Oh, wow. There's nothing else
1: even close to that. Huh. So we're talking bass right now, but, there, I mean, you could chase crappie and bluegill and all kinds of fun stuff. Stuff right now,
2: yeah. I sometimes I just I'm getting ready to write a blog post called "Give the Bass a Break," and it's kind of like going out and catching bluegill and crappie and uh-huh. catfish. And the, the TWRA does a wonderful job, and I know in in their vision statement, mission statement, it's having sustainable populations. And we, just pick one, we yeah. got them. Yeah, we've got more fish, more creatures, more. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just crazy good the things that we have here. I, uh, next year will be 40 years that I moved here, and it was the best thing that I ever did was moving <laughs> to Tennessee
0: from Missouri.
2: From Missouri. Right, and Missouri's a great state It um, is it, A lot it, of great hunting and fishing there A lot of hunting and fishing We've got, we've got four distinct seasons here like they do in Missouri But here ours, are, our, our winters are a little shorter and a little milder uh-huh. And if you, I mean, if you like the outdoors And I don't care if you want to shoot pictures or shoot deer Tennessee is a great place to be. I you mean, can't beat it. it I, I've been all over the place and I've never seen anything that comes close to it.
1: Yeah. You're well, not. I'm not leaving, and y'all came here, so that's an obvious <laughs> that it's a, it's a place to be. Yeah. We're they're not. gonna have
2: to kick me out. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that off the list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to, to talk through some baits. So you've got a new book out.
0: Uh, there's a lot going on, but let's let's. I'm gonna. Where do you want to start, Don? Let's start with the book. Yeah. Um, I think I've got it in on screen here, and this is this show for our radio listeners is an encouragement to go online go or, watch. or watch your local TV station that might be carrying the show yeah. so uh, we're going to have some visual stuff here uh, Joey's book I'll be Tennessee in you. If you know Joey at all, you know that's his catchphrase. It you know, is. He'll leave you with that most most times. Yeah.
2: You know? When when we first started doing Tennessee Wildside, the TV show, right? You know, because nobody's going to remember montaleone I'm lucky if they remember my first name. But <laughs> when you release a fish, you say I'll be Tennessee in you. People thought, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. When I hit on cool, I'm staying with it. <laughs> you know. So so I you know when I close my Facebook or even a blog post or you yeah. know the radio or whatever else, yeah. I say I'll be Tennessee in you. And it's funny because Tennessee's a really unique place in that you've got metro like Nashville or now Murfreesboro, or you've got, you've got way out there in the middle of no place kind of thing. And people will see me out on their, you know in person and they'll say, I'll be tennessee in you. Oh, said, neat. Yeah, it, it is. That is cool. cool. So it is a thing that they remember.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So this book, uh, you mentioned before the show that you started to to write, it was going to be a couple of hundred pages (laughs) and now it's 500 pages almost
2: 438. There you go. Yeah. And, and you know, some of it, a lot of it's life history and some of it is, you know, the fact that I taught and, and, uh, taught karate for 20 years and was a three-time undefeated United States Eastern United States fighting champion. I mean, people look at me and say You I know said, I
0: never realized that. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I knew you were into the karate, yeah, but I didn't I, realize that. Part. He's got his black belt on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a third degree black belt. <laughs> I should have three of them. I'm going to stand back. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell people, I said, don't let the gray hair fool you. <laughs> you know, I'm as nice a person as anybody, but that, that's in there. The, there's a chapter about dogs called Dog's Best Friend, which we are, I think. Uh-huh. And I love my dogs. Mm-hmm. I've always loved my, I love anybody else's dog. Uh, I chronicle uh, 27 seasons of guiding in Canada in a wilderness area called the Quetico or called the Boundary Waters. If you go in through Ely, Minnesota, or if you go in through the northern side, through Uh Ontario, it's called the Quetico. It's 3 million square acres. With a million square acres of water, wow! So it's canoes and campfires, and it was uh, it was wilderness camping, and just as I mean, more fun than should be legal. I mean, oh, it was man. it was really neat. So there's a bunch of stuff in the book, and it's it's I, we priced it reasonably at Amazon. You can get it for nineteen ninety five or get a personalized copy uh-huh. from
0: me for twenty five bucks. That kind of covers shipping and handling. And man, I got the autograph version right here. Well, look at you! I, Don. I appreciate that personal <laughs> message you put. And it, you know, we've been knowing each other since. Uh, way before the TV show, but, uh, you know, we can mark the TV show Tennessee's wild side, which started right around 2000. Yeah. And uh, and boy, there's been a lot a of, lot of water past the bridge since then. Well, there?
2: I always say with outdoor people, the same faces, different places. Because uh-huh. you may be hunting, you may be fishing, and we've known each other since Moby Dick was a minnow. I mean, it was <laughs> we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth, and it's like I'll be 70 in February, and people, you know, well, I'll be out there paddling a the kayak, and people say, "How old are you?" And I stand up in the kayak, and I've got good balance from the martial arts training. Yeah. But boy, kayak, and again in Tennessee. See, i mean not all, all boating and fishing took took off when the virus hit yeah people that had not discovered or were rediscovering the outdoors and you know i check everything on the on the website i think license sales are up 20 percent yeah no
0: oh,
1: way up. yeah
2: and i and you, you love it i mean uh you don't want to see your fishing hole all crowded and covered up but i always carry baits and stuff in my truck so that if i see somebody that i know is a new fisherman uh-huh if you there's nothing quite like putting a bait in the hand of a kid uh-huh. or somebody who's new. Mm. To kind of fire them up and think that they're going to go out there and catch a few fish And uh, if you ain't catching them in Tennessee, buddy, you ain't catching them because we got them
1: Yeah, so you, you talk about, you, you mentioned the kayak I see a lot of your social media, you're in a kayak, you're not in that bass boat anymore What's your favorite right now? I guess kayak
2: yeah? The kayak, I'm kind of committed to the kayak For one thing, you can get into skinny water Yeah. Places that other people can't sure. get into The other thing is the first time I was in a kayak was in on Old Hickory Lake fishing a tournament in February so, I mean, you can – it is what you want to make uh-huh. it. You know, it's a very stable kayak. Uh, you dress in wool and wicking clothing, even in the wintertime. Uh, hypothermia is something that we should be thinking about sure. now. In the 50-50-50 rule, I think they call it. If the water's 50 degrees, you're immersed for 50 minutes, you've got a 50% chance of survival. Wow. So it's something to keep in mind. And, you know, you're supposed to stay in the boat. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <Exactly>. so <laughs> don't, don't do anything silly. And I always post and say on my Friday segment of the, of the radio spot, Wildside Radio – zip up that life jacket and now i'm saying you know put that safety harness in the tree stand mm-hmm. you know it's a it's it's fun yep and you hate to see something that should be a positive turned into a negative and oh, so yeah. just taking the safety precautions really really
1: helps yeah it sure does well that's it's a pretty rig i've seen like you said your post on on social media you got your your red white and blue uh uh, kayak and red, good white, and blue paddles Yeah and So tell, tell us Tell folks what you're catching right now And what you're catching them on I, I'll tell you right
2: now The bass bite for me is always good And I don't just fish for bass I mean it's what people want to hear about But uh, the bass bite is good And the crappie bite is good. Really right now everything is good uh, This is a little bait It's The the color is number 584 And it's called Oyster And it's got It is perfectly It's got that little blue That comes off of a shad uh. And it's the 1.5 So it will It will Will bounce it will you get a deflection bite you throw if you see a tree or a bridge piling or something i know people don't want to throw past it and run into it but that's the trick to get in the bite this one hasn't been used much i change out that front hook to red oh really and i put the same size hook so this is probably a number uh, four hook and people say does that make a difference and i said if we're in the boat together i have a standing bet with you i'll bet you a dollar a fish that fish is on the red hook red in in the fish's world indicates some that's injured if you look at fish when they're in peril, the blood rushes to their, to their f- forefront, ah. and it turns really red. So they don't, you know, you can overdo it. You, subtle is the trick for big fish. Hmm. You know, so this brought me a six-pound fish just a few weeks ago, and we, we go and catch. I mean, I, I, on a good day, we catch 15. I'm not a, I'm not a numbers guy we'll go out there I'll go out with Debbie and we'll go out there and see if we can catch you know we for for us it's kind of like what are they biting so I'll throw this and then I'll I, and I alter almost everything that I throw here's a buzz bait that has a little willow leaf blade on the back of it oh, yeah. and it's blue I had to get that painted Hand paint or not hand painted, but spray painted by a guy in Ohio. And then I add this skirt to it, which pulsates. And a buzz bait, you know, because where we live in, in the Rock Island area, there's musky. Uh-huh. And if you don't like one of your baits, throw it up there because they'll take it away from you. <laughs> so if you got a bait that runs sideways, you know, I usually give them to people I don't like, but if you got a bait that runs sideways, <laughs> you can throw it around there where there's musky and they'll eat it. But this is a good bait and smallmouth. Oh, yeah. People think this is too big a bait for a smallmouth, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm the person who believes that theory of big big bait, big fish. Uh-huh. I mean, if they have to, it's a return on investment. If they have to move this far to hit a bait or move this far to hit a bait, they're going to pick what's closer. Yeah. They almost always are. They expend less energy, and if you don't do that, you get smaller instead of getting bigger or maintaining. Uh-huh. So a surface bait, while that water temperature, the surface water temperature where we are is running about 64, depending on which body of water and uh you know, and then I like a jig. I'm a big jig fan. Oh yeah, and uh, and it it could simulate just about anything, but crawfish. And this is a baby rage tail, and this is a full size rage tail. If you're throwing finesse, and we throw a lot of finesse stuff in really clear water, so it might be a little five inch worm, or it might be a little finesse jig that weighs a quarter ounce or an eighth of an ounce. I put this on the back, and that mm-hmm. that color is called watermelon red. Good clear water I've heard color. Heard that one. Yeah. Okeechobee craw and I'll put that on a bigger jig and uh, one of the things about people and their jigs is again Because I alter everything that I've got I trim these jig skirts and it really makes a difference because Water will compress those those little rubber band legs on there So when you're fishing that jig when it first when it first comes out of the package you can see It's pretty much you know all standard size Uh and I'm not going to dump this all over the studio But you're fine go ahead if you can see this what happens is I'll trim some of these little legs And what it does is when these get compressed, I trim it in what I call a Christmas tree effect. And when you do that, so if it's three different lengths, it opens three different times. So when it goes to the bottom, instead of just going like this, it will go boom, boom, boom. And it automatically looks alive. And it looks different. Yeah, Because if you look at crappie and bass and walleye and all the fish that have big eyes, they feed by sight, so no sight, no bite. If they see uh-huh. a, b- and we got a bunch of people fishing. If they see see the same thing over and over again, they're going to quit biting. The other thing I do is I'll spread this weed guard, and it's really good to have that weed guard on there. But if you spread this, it makes a softer bite. Mm. So when that bass f- hits that, gotcha. Yeah, you know they don't feel it as much. So I don't remember the name of that, but I I like the colors that vary a little bit, and I very rarely will trim the odd color. I leave that on there, but you can see it's got. It, again, when you just do this, you see it opens up three different stages.
1: That's a good little tip. That's some people may not think about. And flattening that guard out too. That's that's cool. It is. That's that's awesome. Well, um speaking of that buzz bait, I I was thinking about that when you were talking about it. Do, uh, does that catch fish all day long? Is that a mor- I've always heard buzz bait's a morning bait and an evening bait. Well, the funny part about that is because we just said this and there's a, I, I know that
2: People do things conventionally because they hear it or see it or whatever. And If you're doing conventional, you're going to catch conventional. <laughs> if you go back and change things up a little bit, there's a reason people catch a lot of big fish at night. Because your your cast doesn't have to be as accurate. You know, you can have a big knot and real heavy line and all that because they can't see it as well. Mm-hmm. My whole point is, I'll throw that buzz bait in the middle of the day. And I said, if you have good presentation... You know, you're still going to catch fish, and that's the time they can see the best, so you're more likely to draw their attention. And every bait that you throw has got triggering qualities and attracting qualities. The attracting qualities are large sizes, bright colors, you know, sound, the ability to make sound. So those are attracting qualities, Now that doesn't seal the deal. The triggering qualities are the ones that do that small easily swallowed shapes natural colors natural swimming motions so when you find that combination it's a reason that plastic worms have been catching fish for 70 years and 70 years from now they will they're silent they're you know again it's got a great swimming motion and if you let it's kind of like anything else if you're a bow hunter and you're a fisherman Let the equipment do what it's designed to do because people want to overwork lures a lot of times. When things get tough, go to slower retrieves and smaller lures, and you'll almost always catch fish. So it's the same thing whether you're a golfer or a baseball player or whatever. you golf by any chance? I do. Do do. you? I love golf. You know what golf is, don't you? Mm -hmm. It's for people who don't lie well enough to fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... But, But when you get out there, regardless of what your sport is, let the equipment do the work. I mean, you can adjust the camera, but there's a right setting for it. Yeah. Once you get there, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. So when you start catching fish and, or you start seeing deer, you know, I don't move my tree stand. I let the deer come to me. And a little scouting, a little pre-work probably helps a lot. So, you know, when you're doing that and then when you get that experience, you know, the things that you know that work. As human beings, we can take the things that don't work and we can remove those. It moves us closer to doing everything right the first time. That's the people you want to watch. Those are the people that really know. And you talk to whether it's an old-time farmer or somebody has been hunting for 60 years or fishing for 50 years or whatever, those guys got to figure it figured out. And that's why I
1: follow him on social media. So I see those posts. and I, I try know. To- <laughs> I know. It's inspirational, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So – we haven't touched on rods Do you throw a bait caster On some of this Or spin real What do you suggest Folks out there kayak fishing? Well
2: for, I, I can tell you For real fun What you want to do is In the kayak I've got rod staged, And I'll take as many As five and as few As three mm. And if, if it's May And the bluegill is spawning, well, I take one I take a fly rod <laughs> A fly rod and a sponge spider oh, yeah. You catch them all day. We did a little video One day we were on a pond And you could see Those bluegill beds they're, they're like that Honeycomb look And you catch the bluegill Closest to you first So you don't disturb The rest of the nest uh-huh. And I said watch i'm gonna catch one on the first cast and threw it out there and you hear that bluegill sound You go th- if you hear that a hundred times a day you'll never forget it <laughs> when we when we get out on the boat uh for crappie i like a believe this or not an ultralight rod mm-hmm. and if you can find it in six foot and and i know people will laugh at this i either throw four pound or two pound test line and you know uh you get a lot more action out of your baits with lighter line. It kind of makes sense that this is twenty pound test. This is four pound test. That's going to restrict the action of your of your line a lot, or mm-hmm. of your of your lure a lot. Sure. So I go with lightweight stuff. And if you like f- a braided line, I've been playing with this lately. You put that braided line on your spinning spinning reel. You never get that little twist. Mm-hmm. And you put a fluorocarbon leader on the front oh, of it. Okay. And on the braided line, take a, uh, a permanent marker and you don't want to do this on the kitchen table (laughs) i've been married before i can tell you it doesn't work um the, 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 the braided line, you mark about three inches, you leave about three inches. And what it does is it camouflages those lines. Those fish are looking up, so they get all the light. Their, light. their eyes collect light five times better than ours. So if you camouflage that line like that, just mark, you know, and you can do that for about 10 or 12 feet of line. Uh-huh. You know, even the spooky fish don't ever connect that. And then you have that fluorocarbon leader, and fluorocarbon allegedly is invisible mm-hmm. and really strong. So... Uh, and then I take the bait casters for when you're, I mean, you're hunting big fish. Right, right. And I, I will throw braid for what I call field baits because, again, braid is no stretch. Uh, you get, it's very, very sensitive and pretty strong. And I tie a double knot on that. I'll tie a Palomar knot and close it off with a cinch knot because sometimes it's got that little waxy. Uh, and so right. if, you, if you pull that down that's not going to come off if you tie one knot it could slip and you got a great fish story but no fish <laughs> so so usually it's two bait casters one spinning one ultralight spinning and that i got to tell you ultralight even if it's uh, you could t- catch and we have caught uh three and four pound smallmouth on that if your drag is set right and you're not as good you can get those fish in and it's big fun on light tackle i mean it is re- it's challenging and it really yeah. is fun <laughs> so uh-
0: I'm going to stay hey, on fishing. Go ahead. Hey, I was just thinking, uh, Joey mentioned getting baits in the hands of newcomers and kids, especially, you know, that are that are fired up about the sport and potentially fired up, and especially if they have some success early on. You yes. Know. Tell us about your, and we ask this of every guest we have, you know, how did you get interested in doing what you're doing now?
2: Well, I you know, for me. Go back, go back to the beginning. Okay. Uh. I remember when I was a kid, a long time ago, (laughs) watching... Not that
1: long ago, right?
2: Well, I'll be 70 in February. It was a long time ago. Um, I remember watching Bill Dance and some other people on TV. And on Sunday, you could get bowling or a Christian TV show Or fishing. Uh You know, when it was Virgil Ward, Bill Dance, Roland Martin, whoever else was out there at the time. And I thought, well, that looks like fun. And then you'd go to a magazine rack, and you'd see those pictures of that big bass and that gill shaking and all that. It's like, wow, I'd love to do that. Uh Well, I went fishing. I decided I'd go fishing. Nobody in my family fished. And I decided I would go. And so I went to Sears. When Sears was a department store, uh-huh. and I bought a little old, it was, a, I didn't know the difference. I bought a fly rod and a fly reel, and the fly reel was 69 cents. I remember that. And <laughs> the reel is just a place to hold the line. Right. You know, so, tie, and I don't remember how I tied the hook on, and I actually, in the middle of, we lived in the city for a lot of years and then we, act, we moved to the county. And there was a little old farm in the middle of this that this guy sold all this property. So he's got a 19 acre farm that's got two farm ponds on it. And the guy was a judge and he would, it's, this is all in the book, he would run you out of there. How he knew somebody was on there, I have no idea. But he was menacing looking and he would run you out. And finally, he asked me, Was I willing to do a little bit of work there? And I said, Yeah, I, I will. That got me an end the fishing. Oh, ponds. good! So nice. I fished for a year and never caught a fish. Not every day, oh, wow! But I fished for a long time, never caught a fish. So I he had a chicken coop, and you know, you go where the where the the, the chicken, you can make chicken soup out of chicken poop. Is one of the other. <laughs> One of one of the other chapters, and I dug up you, one turn with a pitchfork, and you got enough night crawlers, you could you could take sixty two people fishing. Cause, oh, yeah, I mean they're all and juicy and smell. So well, I went down to one of the little ponds, and I just launched that out with the little float on, it. and it, it looks like the kid that would have been wearing overalls if I wasn't a city kid. Oh yeah, at this point I was just glad I wasn't wearing like orange and turn this way, turn this way, and hold the number up. But when, when I when I got da- when I got down there, I just kind of. You know, I couldn't cast that thing, so I just kind of pendulum swung it out to the base of a willow tree. just a cane pole kind of thing. it, It was. That float went down. And I had never caught a fish. I, I, pu- I looked like a tuna fisherman. I pulled that fish up, and it about hit me in the chest and landed in my feet. And I don't know who was more surprised, me or the fish. But it was the first fish I caught, and it was about, it was about two pounds. Oh, wow. And I became the hero of the neighborhood because the people that would sneak in there, we had big-time bass fishermen that had those old tackle boxes that you opened it up, and then you opened it up, and then you opened it up. <laughs> and those guys would come walking out of there, and I used to say, Did you catch any fish? He said, threw everything in the box and never caught a one. Oh wow. So I kind of felt accomplished but what I realized while I was writing the book was it wasn't about catching the fish, it was about the feeling you got about catching that fish. And so hence I carry I've got we've got three vehicles. I carry fishing equipment and all my vehicles, not rods and reels, but baits, uh-huh. and I don't care if we're in a restaurant or on the street. Or at, We were at a launch ramp the other day, one of the TWA launch ramps, and there was a kid over there who was hunting crawfish and not having a whole lot of luck, and I said, oh, wait, I said, I got crawfish in the... I got some plastic crawfish in here, and you give them a couple of lead heads and show them how to rig this and throw that. And the anticipation for a kid of catching something on that—that that yeah. n- it never gets old. Yeah. And and even if they don't, it gives them to me. It's what you offer people is immediate help and hope for the future. And when you can do that, I don't care if it's charity work or fishing or whatever else it is, that changes somebody's life.
1: Uh huh. Wow. I I tied on a a floating a floating. Uh, crankbait for my son one time and I just turned him loose and I think the patience of a child you know just throwing and throwing and reeling and reeling he caught a fish on his own you know I thought that was pretty cool what do you suggest for kids if you're going to start a kid out fishing a crankbait, uh, uh, something easy, I guess. And- I, I go with single-hook baits for one thing,
2: because with the crankbait, somebody's going to be wearing hooks before it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I've, – I've been, hooked, I've been yeah. hooked a bunch of times. Myself. Sometimes I did it myself, but, yeah, so I go with single-hook baits. And I go – you know, people will laugh when I say this, but that's caught more fish. Yeah. A, a pearl-colored curly tail grub and in, in uh, military survival kits. You know what they packed? A pearl-colored curly tail grub. No kidding. Yes, and the reason be the reason behind that is everything that swims will hit that because it looks like a minnow. They eat more minnows than mm-hmm. they do anything else. And if you can make it look like a minnow for me, like I tell people, if you watch them, you know, spend a little time in the creek and watch them, how they dart and how they. So I say when I throw that out there, I throw that out there and I crank it and stop and I crank it and stop and I crank it and stop. You know what I call that? Minnow pause. <laughs> But you will catch, you will, yeah, (laughs) we're here all week. (laughs) You will catch more fish doing that, you know, by making it look, because a minnow just swims naturally and nothing bothers it. Right. And we're seeing balls of shad that are huge right now. Mm. But when they break those away, when they swim and they look like they're they going to that flight instinct, then they look like they're, you know they're, the bass will pick those out. It's kind of like the mouse running from the cat. Uh-huh. Or if they look like they're injured, their life expectancy went to like mini, mini, like minimal seconds. <laughs> so, again, to match those, here's... This is what you get when you, when you open up a package of a bag. And I'm not opposed to that, yeah. but, you know, it's a double willow leaf. It's got the little white skirt, and that, that really is good. That will uh-huh. work and catch fish. Here's what you get when you fish with me. I clipped off the front blade, so I took the front blade off. So now it's a single blade, so it's a, lot, it's a little more weedless. And I had this skirt that pulsates, and it looks a lot like a shad. Mm. I'm not saying this won't work, but I'm telling you. That will. That will it, well it's it's something they've not seen before. And yeah. so you, you know, altering your baits, you know, once you buy it it's yours. You can change it out any way you want to do that. And again the red hooks on the front, uh a little dot of red on any bait is a is a, is a good plan. And again when you look at when you look at the baits that are the most effective you can go back and say, what baits have been around for 50 years? And we talked about this a little bit earlier. Oh, yeah, the jitterbug. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when people talk about fishing at night, the first thing I tell them is, just go get your black jitterbug. You can take, when you're talking about taking a kid fishing, mm-hmm. you throw that out there when it's coming back, it's You bloop, can't bloop. get hung up. It's going to be on get, top? Can't, the only thing you can do wrong with it is fish it too fast. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, there's baits that have, and for the kids, one of the really fun things for me in the spring is throwing a floating worm, so it's rigged weightless and weedless, and there's a little leader on the front. I call it a shock leader. You get a good swivel for the front you get your about 12 pounds uh, a 12 pound test line and you either ca- camouflage the line or you get camouflage line mm. and put like a 3 odd hook on it and then you can fit you can texas rig that so it is weedless and you can throw that around i don't it's boat docks lily pads anything like that again you can't fish it wrong you can throw it on the little push button reels and a fish will come up and hit that and whether you get it to the boat or not we are, so, we are such visual creatures that when a kid sees that and knows that it works, yeah, you look at your watch, you aren't leaving for about six hours. <laughs> you know, when they start to see that happen, and when they put one in the boat, uh, I took my son fishing, was teaching him how to fish a jig, he was 12 years old, uh, and took him to a spot that I was very familiar with, and I knew there was an underwater stump, and he's fishing that. He, like everybody else, had set the hook about six times on sticks, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, yeah I, you know. Oh, the sticks we call them tree pounders. (laughs) So when we we were fishing, you know, his line starts swimming off. I said, That's a fish, set the hook. We had a little old cheap rod and a little old cheap reel. He keeps reeling and reeling and reeling. We scooped that fish up. It was nine and a half pound largemouth. Oh, gosh. He won the sports of field contest for that year. And this was before replicas. And I said, It's your fish. We can mount it or put it back. I would prefer you put it back. And, of course, as a kid, he said, no, I want to take it. Uh-huh. You know, so we mounted that fish. But that kind of spurs them on to, oh, to, yeah. to going back. And, again, when you do a kindness to a child, I mean, to me, it's like if you go fish with a kid, and if, even if it's only for 45 minutes and they want to throw rocks in the water and they get hungry and whatever, mm-hmm. you're introducing them to something they can do the whole rest of their life. Yeah. The hunting part's a little bit a little harder. But just as rewarding, yeah. You know, but kids, kids need—they learn responsibility, they learn gun safety, they learn about nature. You know, when you see a coyote chasing a a fawn or something, you know, again, you're getting a natural lesson right there.
0: Uh
1: huh. Well, Joey, I appreciate it. You talk—we've talked a lot of fishing, but real quick, you do like to deer hunt, right? I do like to deer hunt, and that's happening right now. You got a stand out? I've got two stands out. I put one out in a shady
2: spot and and uh, shade on either side, which isn't good in the winter, but it camouflages you naturally. And then based off of wind direction so I can go to whichever one I want to go so I'm not as good a deer hunter but I'm a little smarter than the average deer I tell you what
1: This has been fun
0: Yeah it sure has been Joey thank you For coming in And uh, we really Appreciate it Taking you a day Off the water I can't believe We got you out Boy that's a, a pretty a, Day out the wa- there I know it. We still beautiful. got time <laughs> Yeah <laughs> okay. I think It's supposed to be 80 by the end of the day now. And I, I appreciate The times you've taken uh, Me and my dad oh, out, out fishing I've got pictures and, Of that It really
2: Yeah it was Really right.
0: good Great memories Alright well We'll we'll do some more Okay I okay. think that
1: sounds fun Maybe we get on the water And do some of this That I, sounds I think great to arrange me Arrange that somehow uh, Huh. <laughs> well, I guess uh, maybe I'll let you close it out, Joey. What will you be doing? I'll be tennessee you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.